to the Loving Life Geneva podcast. I'm your host, Karen Stray Rappaport. Each episode, I take an outside-the-week look at the area's most interesting people, places, and happenings. It's another great day here in Lake Geneva, and the lake looks stunning, so let's jump right in. Joining me today are Harold Freestad, who is the chairman of the board of the Kishwaukito Nature Conservancy, also known as the KNC, and Danielle Simons, the Outdoor Education Coordinator at KNC. The KNC might just very well be the best kept secret in Lake Geneva, but Harold and Danielle are here to share why it should be enjoyed by everyone. Welcome Harold and Danielle. Thank you. Harold, can you explain what is this KNC? And I keep saying KNC because it's really hard to pronounce. Um, Kishwaukito, am I saying it correctly? No. I'm not. Kishwaukito. Kishwaukito. See, that's why I say KNC. Can you explain where it got its name and what this is? Well, Kishwaukito is a wonderful 231-acre nature conservancy in Williams Bay. Uh, there's a long story to it. If we have time, I can go through a lot of it. And it started out, I was actually president of the Williams Bay Lions Club, and I was leaving a meeting one night, and the current president of the village of Williams Bay was resigning or retiring at that point, and he said, why don't you run for office, Harold? And I said, I don't know, maybe I'll go home and think about it. And I talked to my wife, and next day I decided to run for office. And the big thing on the agenda at that time was the a group that wanted to develop the property into a golf uh, community with high rises, mid rises, shopping areas, townhouses, uh, the whole nine yards. And this was such a precious piece of property, the last uh, remaining wetlands on the lake and, and uh, all of the water coming in through the two streams that we have is so beneficial to the waters of Lake Geneva. In fact, when we named it Kishwaukito, we named it that because I, I had run the cruise line for close to 50 years and drove a boat prior to that. And we always talked about the Potawatomis and they called the Lake Kishwaukito. And they called it Kishwaukito because it was clear water or, or Lake of the Sparkling Water. So we felt what we were doing with Kishwaukito property once we bought it was all about improving the wetlands and all of the water entering Geneva Lake through this property. And so it was a very fitting name. In fact, when, when we bought the property, well, for two years I had people filled my board meetings, every meeting we had. You have to stop it, you have to stop it. And we, and I, we went through it with open minds. We had a good board, but a lot of businessmen on it and everything. We weren't against anything at that point. We just gave the developer time to explain to us how it could be done in an environmentally sensitive manner. Well, after two years, he couldn't prove that. And also there was a slight recession in the late 1980s and the developer had a lot of different properties around the county that he owned. And, and so I found out through a good friend of mine that he was gonna sell it. And this friend who was a realtor did not want it sold to the person that he was gonna sell it to because he said he would have just made a mess of it and never would have finished it. So he and I had lunch one day and he told me how I had it, how I'd have to go by about buying it. So I had a plan, a joint plan commission and, and, and village board meeting one morning and discussing just where we wanted to go from there. And on the way out, I was telling 
Tom Lothian, who was our state representative at that time, and, and he had, was on my planning commission and things, and we're walking out, and I said, you know, I, I have somebody approach me about the fact that it's for sale. He said, well, why don't you buy the damn thing? <laughs> I said, I think we will. Four months later, we owned it. And at that time, all these people that kept telling me, you got to stop it, you got to stop it. Well, why? We didn't want you to buy it. Spend a million and a half dollars. A million and a half dollars. It started out at two million. We got them down to a million and a half. So 231 acres on Geneva Lake. I mean, imagine <laughs> yeah, what imagine, that's worth yeah, today. Imagine that. <laughs> I mean, we, we came out to like $6,800 an acre. So when we bought it, though, the, my board and all the people in the village were really concerned just about the wetland by the lakefront. And the rest of the property, they made me zone parkland because parkland is easy to rezone. And they wanted to sell off property on the north end by Highway 50. We go all the way up to Highway 50. And uh, they saw that as a way of getting this million and a half dollars back. Well, along came Geneva National. And the state was talking about widening Highway 50 because of all the business that would be coming in there. And I said, they're not going to go onto the Geneva National Development property with the widening the road. They're going to go into our property because it's just the woodlands. So I use this as an opportunity to reach out to rezone all of the rest of the property. Failed at my first attempt, but I got to be a better elected official along the way, and I brought it up again, and I passed. And so the First thing I did, I wanted people to be thinking of it as a park. Again, not a piece of real estate. And so I started a name the park committee because I figured let's think of it as a park. And I had some of the people that were part of the stop the thing and the development and everything and, and, and had several really good village local you know, people that made wise choices about our charming little community. And we came up, and that's where we came up. I kind of hinted Kishwaikido, but I didn't want to be the guy naming it. So, uh, but we, we worked on it. We got it named Kishwaikido Nature Conservancy. That was in March when we started that. That was when we bought it. And on July 6th of 1990, we dedicated the property to the children of tomorrow. I love that. And that's on your website. And that's and on our I, website. It just gives a me nice, chills. Nice rock right at the entrance with a little brass plaque on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody always says, boy, that's so, such a neat name. And it, but it really is. That's what it is. It's for the children of tomorrow. As Danielle, our, our education coordinator, will talk about when she talks about their education programs. You know, so for people who don't know, it's in Williams Bay, right across from the beach, the public beach. And there's parking there and so you can get out and walk these paths and it, you know you really feel like you're a million miles away it's just so I mean the sounds and the sights and the smells and just everything it's so beautiful and just such a nice retreat you can walk your dogs right if they're leashed you, you can, can walk your, your dog on a leash uh, actually after I was out of village office, I kind of backed away for a while because I didn't want it to were mad at me about anything. I didn't want it to affect what was going on at, at Kishwaikito. So at that time, they didn't allow dogs. So when I got back involved, I said, no, we have to have dogs. Because everything we do, we do not get a nickel from the taxpayer. We never, when we bought it, I said, as long as I have anything to do about it, we will not take any tax money. We want to do it 
We want this to be a friendly place. Nobody say, well, what's that costing us? It doesn't cost a nickel. I started another committee, the Friends of Kishwaukee, and as they say, it's an <coughs> outside board, and they raise all of our funds, and uh, we have paid staff uh, a couple year round. We usually had three or four in the summer. We had Danielle with our education program. And uh, the rest we do with volunteers. We have wonderful, wonderful volunteers that keep helping. In the winter, we have work days sometimes every week. And just, we get so much work done with them. And, and then the staff in the summer, they're you know, maintaining, getting rid of uh, invasive plants and things like that. But all of our major removing invasive or na you know, non-native trees and things like that we do. It's much nicer doing it when it's 10 degrees out than it is when it's 80. Yeah, right. and, uh, but it's all done through volunteer work and, and with the aid of donations. That's incredible. 100%. And we write grants too. And when you walk through, you know, there's, there's all kinds of things um, to read and look at. And I like the little mailbox at the beginning with your newsletter and just, you know, to kind of call your attention to different parts of nature and species and the wildlife. And if you go on to your Facebook page, you can see some really awesome videos that Danielle here um, has done. And I, I've learned so much just from watching those videos. It's pretty, just like why rabbits have <laughs> eyes on the side of their heads and you just rescued a baby bunny. What was his name? Uh, Red, Reginald. Reginald, yeah. yeah. So Danielle, can you tell us a little bit about your outdoor education program? Yeah, so the outdoor education program started in 2018. Harold called me up and through word of mouth had heard that it was something I might be interested in helping with. And so um, myself and my co-Jen Younger met with him and we were hired to start the program that summer. And so we geared up and we had a lot of help from a volunteer that kind of wrote a base curriculum for us to go off of so that we weren't starting with nothing. And so we started advertising, getting kids out there just to explore and love nature the way we love nature. And so we did it again last year. And then this year we were ready to do it again and things kind of got a little wacky. So Harold called me up and he said he wanted me to go digital. And so I started videos that I post just about every day. You know, that some days just don't happen with life, but just about every day there's a video up of, I'll just go out and whatever happens, happens. <laughs> and your passion is extraordinary and your excitement and it's very contagious and even today you know as we we're talking about what you did today um you why don't you tell the story about the turkeys yeah jen had told me there was a turkey nest that she had found uh, while she was um weed whacking and so we went out to check out this turkey nest and the mother was laying there protecting her eggs and she moved away and let us look but kept her stayed close and made sure that her babies were safe and it was just a cool experience of like you know, if it weren't for Jen, I wouldn't know they were there. And so we kind of all work together. She lets me know when there's something cool that I've got to go check out. And it's just, it's an awesome experience. I have a little one that I get to bring on all these adventures with me. And she's been able to experience things that I never experienced as a kid. And so I'm- This so is your good. daughter? Yes. Uh, what's her name? Zariah. And how old is she? She's three. Oh, what a great so. age. They're so curious at that yes. age. What a great age to introduce her to all of that. And so if you do find- uh, an injured animal. You work with fellow mortals. Yeah, I, I'm, I've become quite the regular of if someone I know finds an injured or an infant animal, they'll call me up and be like, hey, I have this baby animal. I have this injured animal. I got to rescue a hummingbird out of someone's house last summer. It was a cool experience. So I, I frequent fellow mortals as a result. But um, yeah, but 
so there was that baby bunny that we found and so before he went we got to you know use that as a learning opportunity of you know prey have their eyes on the front of their head where predators no i flipped that prey have it on the sides of their heads where predators have it on the front of their heads i had never thought about that before <laughs> now i'm gonna notice that all the time yeah what age are the kids that um, were coming to your program our program was geared towards two to eight year olds but it was open to everyone it was open to older siblings younger kids you know parents were wearing their babies older siblings were coming along and enjoying it it was really for everyone it was a family experience and so you would go out for like how long would these programs our, last our classes were geared to be about an hour and a half long some of them trail a little longer and i would let them know in advance like hey this might take longer if you need to go let us know but you know We've got a lot to explore today, you know, and yeah. we never know what we're going to see when we get out in nature. That's the coolest part of it. You don't know what's going to happen. You have an idea of what you want to do, but nature kind of takes over. That's right. <laughs> yeah, they're the stars of the show, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when you do start up again, how can people find out about the classes and register for them? All of our class information is online on our Facebook page and our website. Registration can be done on the website. Um, but you can get there from the Facebook page. And so it will be presented as an event on Facebook and then you can click the link to get to the website. And that's usually the easiest way to go about it. Okay. And what, what's your background? What brought you to this position? <laughs> I worked at summer camps and that was kind of where it all started. And so I knew I wanted to do something with camps. And as I kept going into it, I was like, wait, it's not camps that I want to do. I just want to be outside teaching kids and loving nature with kids. And so I actually went out to Colorado and taught outdoor education for a little bit. And then I came back and I started fostering. And so I kind of had to stay in the area. You can't move when you're a foster parent. You have to stay where you are a foster parent. And so when Harold called me up, it was kind of like a blessing. Like that was what I wanted to do, but I was kind of stuck in this area. Yeah. So if, Which if, is a good place to be stuck. It, it is a really great place to be stuck. And so I couldn't ask for a better situation to be in. Like I'm doing what I love, where I love, and with who I love. So it's, it's amazing. Oh, that's so sweet. And it's obvious just from watching <laughs> you and, and so much to be learned uh, from you. And so how often do you get to, uh, how often are you out there, Harold? Well, if I open my phone right now, it would show you that when I had my walk today, it'll be my 97th consecutive day. Oh, wow. And, and how long do you walk? Two to three miles every day. Wow. But then I'm out there a couple other times checking it. I, I, I get up at six in the morning. I'm, you know, I'm 80. I didn't, I didn't retire until I was 75. I, I'm up every morning at six because I, my staff likes to start at seven because it's cooler in the morning. And so I'm down there to get them off on their various jobs. And then I, I go down a couple of times during the way, day and check on them. And when I'm not doing that, I'm usually answering questions with other people via email or other programs we have going on. And so, so if somebody walked the whole thing, how many miles? We have four miles of trails there. So how do you um, make sure that this is forever going to stay preserved? Well, initially, certain grants that you could get through the DNR and things like that would help preserve the property longer. It would be harder, federal grants, it would be harder to sell it. But that's not forever. That was my whole goal <laughs> to make it forever. So. Ten years ago, I was approached by the Geneva Lake Conservancy, and they wanted to have a conservation easement with us to give us more protection. But normally when they take over the property, then they run it. And we've done all of this restoration ourselves. We volunteer as a very proud village and a very proud program going on. So we negotiated with them, and what we gave them 
two things. One, they control that nothing can be ever be built on the property, but the village owns the land and if the village were to sell it, anyone buying it would have to buy the, per this agreement, would have to buy the entire 231 acre parcel. And then I added all of these things. You would have to continue to maintain four miles of public trails, adhere to all the best practices of the DNR and on and on and on. So it's, it's protected as well as it can be. Although they tell me perpetuity is 30 years, but I think this place is almost, almost sacred now. And I know you would have a problem going up against the taxpayers and saying you were gonna sell the property. I am sure, and all the work that you're doing oh, yeah. and bringing on and different say, generations and the with children. All, with all know. the laws, but I mean laws can be changed, but the way it is now, it's, it is protected as well as it can be. And, and uh, the day we signed that agreement, I walked through our woodlands. It's a 15 acre area in the north east corner with 200 year old oak trees. In fact, we have one, it's probably one of the oldest in the state. It's 350 years old. I walked through there with tears in my eyes, knowing I saved, I saved that, because that's the first thing that would have been developed, the nice woodlands in there. And so that, but that's our goal with everybody that <clears throat> volunteers with us and, and works with us, uh, is to preserve this very, very, very precious piece of property. So precious. At no cost to anybody. It's all, again, all donations. That is, that's incredible. And, and anybody who knows the Lake Geneva area knows how busy it can get and how many people are moving up here, have second homes up here. And I mean, that is prime, prime property. So well, to work so hard to preserve yeah. it, it's really an incredible feat that you've accomplished. I'm always meeting, I walk out there and I'm always out there so much that I, I'll meet people and chat with them for a minute and I tell them a little a short story about it. And, uh, and some of them will tell me, oh yeah, we're, we're coming up from the city, we were gonna buy a house on the South Shore or, or Montana. We came and walked in Kishwaikido, and then we bought something in Williams Bay and and fixed it up. And that, so yeah. it's it's worked out worked out well. And uh, so this is like a full time um, position for you. Oh, exactly. No, I I, I always, my friend's board is getting nervous because I'm 80, and they you know what's going to happen when I'm. Hey, uh, you're still walking I, two three miles a day. Yeah. I think you're good. Well, <laughs> that's why I, I say it, but now I've got a lot of other things I can tell you about that, but. But no, it's it's uh, it's it's very precious to me. I, I it's my wife passed away when I retired from the cruise line. She passed away two weeks before I retired, but she always called Kish my Kishwaikito my mistress. <laughs> so that's where I go. That's what's keeping me alive. And through COVID, we did not have to lay anyone off or anything because they considered us as forestry. And I mean, I just love every minute I'm down there. And and I that takes all of my day. Whatever I have left, I have to clean house and take care of my own yard, but Kishwaikido is my life now. And this is exactly why I wanted to do a podcast because I know, you know, a lot of people know you around yeah. here, but there's a lot of people who just drive by there and walk through there and maybe just kind of take it for granted that it's there and to hear, you know, who's right. behind this and, and how hard you work to keep that, um, what it is. It's, it's really you're somebody everybody should know if they don't already. <laughs> well, I'm glad we had this opportunity because again, we keep trying to, as you say, it's the best guess secret and mm. it shouldn't be. Right, it shouldn't be. <laughs> but exactly. we, don't, we don't like signs in it. We like it as natural as possible. That's why I personally mow all the trails because when you give somebody a lawnmower to ride around and that's a lot of fun. So <laughs> the trails get wider and wider and wider. No, no, 
you're supposed to go out there and smell and touch and feel nature. And, and uh, so I keep them nice and just the width of the mower, five feet. We have this one area where the, the big blue stem, it's just grass that grows 10, 12 feet tall, and it's on both sides of the trail. And it's, it's deafening, it's so quiet. I call it the sound of silence. In fact, I give a public walk every Friday morning, and now I've started taking my phone out lately, and I, I say, hey Siri, Simon and Garfunkel, and play sound, sound of silence. I love it, Siri. Siri's talking to us now. <laughs> Siri doesn't know we have a podcast and going I play, on. I play that at that point. Too. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, Dan, you know, you know, if people want to volunteer, um, donate, help, just go walk the path, can you tell us all the ways they can find you? Yeah, there's, before, there's so many ways. We have the website, and the website is definitely the best part, and it's just kncwb.org. So... Can and we'll link that on Williams Bay, WBORG. So it's super simple. Um, you can also go to our Facebook page where you could link back to it, uh, but that's really where we post everything. That's where our videos are. If we post on Instagram, it's linked back to Facebook. Our website is linked to Facebook. So Facebook is kind of that central beacon of everything else we do um, to get, reach out to us. Our phone number is on there. Our mailing address is on there. But um, there's just, there's plenty of ways you can get involved. Like Harold said, we usually have um, volunteer work days more in the winter. And with COVID, we've kind of had to change things around a bit with um, our interacting with people. You know, we, we usually have dark sky events in the summer and even in the fall and spring, but we've kind of we've had to change that up too. Is that, is that the same thing as the night hikes? Or? So yeah, yeah, the dark sky, it's with the dark sky initiative too, yeah. um, because Williams Bay is a dark sky community. Can you explain what that means? That means that when you drive through Williams Bay, you'll notice there's no lights that shoot up at the sky. We try to keep it as dark as possible at night, not to the point where it's scary and ghost townish, but where you can see the night sky, where when you're in a big city, you can't see those stars. And so we want to be able to see that night sky as beautifully and clearly as possible. And I so Williams that. Bay, we get some great stars up here. We do, yeah. <laughs> for sure. And so one of the things that I... I ask all my guests, and it's hard to narrow down to just one, um, especially for you, Harold, since you've been here so long. Um, what is your most favorite thing about being here in the Lake Geneva area? In the Lake Geneva area, period? Just, yeah, or okay. Williams Bay, Lake Geneva area. <laughs> well, again, I, I've always, as a child growing up, I almost lived on the lake, and, and that's why it was neat with Kishwaukee. We used to fish in the stream that went next to it, and uh, so I, I categorize these things. I worked, you know, Lake Geneva was my second home for 56 years while I was running the cruise line, and I just loved the tourists coming in and, and, and to be able to show them the lake and the appreciation you'd get from the people, this wonderful thing we had, the mailboats and all the other private weddings on the boats and things like that. And each town is different. Then you go to Williams Bay. It is such a low-key, laid-back, quiet community. That's where you go for peace and quiet, and that's why Kishwaikido is just perfect. It's just the ideal thing for there. Fontana, again, is a more active community with the bars on the lakefront, and Chucks and that, and, and which are all very neat. But each, each community has its own uh, attractions. But I love Williams Bay, Williams Bay the most because it's, especially probably in my senior years is, you know, it's so quiet and charming. You can just relax, but 
And a lot and of people- Kishu Aikido is all, all about love. Love for nature, love for every, you're just a milder person walking through there. And, you know. That's true. You do, you feel that. And, and for listeners, you, you don't have to make an appointment. You just go, right? You can yeah. go anytime you want. I love how you brought up the different towns because for people who just come to visit, sometimes they never go past the town yeah. of Lake Geneva. Like they don't know there are other towns on the <laughs> lake. So how about you, Danielle? What's your favorite thing? I, I am biased to Williams Bay as well. Um, I, I've always loved that smart small town charm that Williams Bay has. I love that we have, you know, I was telling some friends, we have we have two gas stations. We have one beach. We have one Kishwakito. We have that one library. We have this small area and like you can walk to all of it and it's all just it's this tight community. When we drive downtown, my little one calls it the neighborhood. Like it's, and it's so small and quaint that it's, it's her neighborhood, even though it's our entire village. She's like, let's drive through the neighborhood. And like just driving downtown, like Williams Bay is my favorite thing in the world. And there's everything there. You have coffee shop, ice cream, yeah. re great restaurants. I it's mean, got it all. It does. It doesn't have more than you need. It has just what you need. Exactly. And some good like Rotten Corn Fest mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of fun, fun activities there and a uh, farmer's market yeah, yeah. as well. Well, that's why I always say I wanted my head so when I die that we'll never have to have a staff and go light in William Spain because of Kishwaikino. <laughs> we, we took that's all right, the property that could have been for sale. <laughs> and so now all of our development, which there's a lot of it, but it's out on the west side of town on Theater Road. Nobody even knows it's in William Spain. It brings in a nice tax base. But yet our, our downtown is, is shops and wonderful restaurants and businesses and, and That's right, there is no, no. stoplight. No. Like it never even really stopped to think no. about that. But and no. you better drive slow because yeah. there's a lot of people and the Williams Bay police are on it. No. So and you should be driving yeah. slow. There's a lot of activity on that main road. So <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here and hopefully everybody will um who hasn't come out will come out i know you were going to do a 5k but can't do that so you so you're doing something a little well different. we're doing a one where we have the trail laid out the maps on the on our website and, and things now and so they can do it on their own it's three loops around the the prairie is is 5k and they over a three-day period they can just come and do it on their own so they're getting the fun of it again this year as they always do but that'll be coming back next year. And, and the big thing is that it's our 30th anniversary. Every five years, we have a big event and we've had to push that off until next year. But we will be doing smaller things and we're starting to get the night hikes going. I started my Friday morning walks and, and uh, I have to talk with Danielle about getting some other live things going with our education as well. Well, and anybody who goes out there, your pictures will be on, uh, on the website. So if you see Danielle or you see Harold, <laughs> say hello and say thank you to them. And as always, thanks to the listeners for letting me share my love of Lake Geneva, the natural beauty, the crystal clear waters, the sunshine and the sunsets, but most of all, the people. I'm Karen Stray Rappaport. Join me next time as another guest takes their place in the sun. Bye for now. Cause I feel alright Like the morning